0: Hello and welcome to Money Talk Junior, a podcast where we talk everything finance and economy and the market in a beginner's perspective. I'm your host, Dean, and today we are going to be talking about something that is taking the market by storm, which is the debt ceiling. The results from a default would be absolutely catastrophic, not only for the United States economy, but economies all over the world. So let's start with the beginning what does debt ceiling stand for Debt seating refers to a certain limit in which the u.s government can borrow money to finance their activities and to finance their spendings you might be asking the u.s government they borrow money too just like us just like you know normal people the answer is yes more than us actually the u.s government they spend a lot they have their spendings on social security on military things, on medical things. And now let's put it into perspective. On December 16, 2021, the US lawmakers, they have already increased the debt limit to $31.4 trillion. And that is a lot. But for a government such as the US, $31.4 trillion turns out not to be a lot. In which as of January 19th, 2023 they have reached that limit in almost two years but let's make it clear that it is not a single some kind of amount like every time they raise it it starts from zero no the US government they will pay the debt eventually you know slowly but surely they will pay the debt so the numbers decrease as well as increase because as much as they pay the debt and along with the interest they will also acquire new debt through treasury bills and things like that so is there any downside to increasing it right like if you can always borrow money why don't just increase the limit as usual because to be fair the debt limit has been raised more than 10 times over the past 20 years but is it something good is it a good idea to always raise it the answer is there is always pros and cons to raising the debt limit The good part of raising debt limit is, of course, the government can spend more, which means more money will go into healthcare, more money will go into social securities, and more money will go into their defense budget, and things like that. The downside, however, is also something that people are concerned on, which is first and foremost, it would mean that the US government will bear more debt burden. So, more debt burden means that the government will accumulate more debt. So, they will have to pay first, they will have to pay more debt. And second, they will also have to pay interest. So, the more they borrow, the more they will have to pay in the principal amount as well as the interest amount. And, you know, just like you and me, when you keep on borrowing more and more money to finance your life, to finance your spendings, It is a sign of a bad financial discipline if you want to put it roughly so you know imagine you have a friend and this friend instead of cutting on his or her spending they keep on coming to you and they keep on asking from you for money so at the first few times maybe you can you know lend your money to them but if it goes on more and more you would tend to think like, you know what, I don't want to be dealing with this person anymore. So that is also why people are reluctant on raising the debt limit because they want the government to at least be accountable to what they spend. So some politicians, they tend to overpromise and when they overpromise, some of them want it to be delivered anyway. So all of this, it costs money. And they don't want a country in which a politician talks and the people have to pay. Now, moving from that, what's going to happen if you have a bad reputation with your money? The cost of borrowing would increase because, okay, let's put it in a normal person's perspective, all right? Me. Let's take Dean as an example. Hi, I am Dean and I want to borrow money from the bank. Now, the bank will do a risk assessment check on me. They will go through all of my previous spendings on my financial records to see if I'm a person that is risky to lend money to. Like, will I be able to pay on time or will I actually flunk on my borrowings? So, all of that will be taken into account. Now, after the bank have vetted me, And they would put me at a certain rank. For example, if I'm a person who is trustworthy enough, they might put an interest rate that is lower compared to other people for me. So it's like, you know a person and you lend them your money and you know that this person is trustworthy enough that, you know, he or she will give you back your money. Now, let's put it, if I am not that trustworthy, the interest rate would be quite higher compared to before because the bank will now deal with more risk because I am considered a riskier person to deal with like they can give me money but they are not quite sure if I'm going to be able to pay it back or not now the same goes to the US government Before this, people would perceive the government as, you know, trustworthy. It's a government. How can it not be able to pay you back your money? But the answer is that we have seen before how Sri Lanka defaulted on its debt. So if the people lose their trust on the US government, the more it will take for the US government to borrow, like the more interest it will have to pay for it to acquire lesser amount of money, which means that. For example, your healthcare, infrastructure building or whatever it is that the US government wants to spend on, it will be hampered quite significantly just because people don't trust it with their money. Alright, will it just affect the people on the streets who are using the government infrastructure, who are relying on social securities, who are relying on government-funded medical care Or is it just the veterans who are going to be severely affected by this? The answer is no. Because the government reflects the market. If the government and the governance is bad, then people would not want to be dealing with the market in the country as well. So if the US government's debt burden is perceived as bad, then all of this will be spilled to the market, in which the market shares will fall and, you know, the economy is going to go bad, companies are going to tumble, some of them And some of them are going to be struggling here and there Some of the companies might close in the worst case scenario So all of this has to be taken into account before the US government decide to raise its debt ceiling So it sounds bad, right? Like if you borrow more money, then people would hate you, people would run away from you and things like that but is it the best solution for them to not raise the debt limit? The answer is not so easy because that would also bring bad consequences. But before we move there, let's take a little break. Hello I'm back and thank you for staying with me. Just a recap on everything that has been going on before we took a break. We have talked about what is the debt ceiling and we have talked about why people are reluctant to risk debt ceiling. Now back to the issue of why the government should raise debt ceiling in this context the government has reached its limit in which it cannot borrow any more money at this point the us government is sort of like holding on to a lifeline which is called an extraordinary measure in which they still borrow money but without touching the debt ceiling so the limit is not breached but they can't keep on doing this forever at some point it's time to tell themselves to stop and get help so this is the point of them trying to get help in which they want to raise the debt ceiling so what's gonna happen if they don't if the debt limit remains unchanged the u.s government might only have enough money to survive on their spendings up until the first two weeks of june which is this june And after that, the government will no longer be able to pay their obligations. This in return can cause delay in making payments for their activities, or they can even default on uh, their debt obligations, or both of it could happen at the same time. Well, is that bad? The answer is yes. Now, imagine you are a small company and you sell donuts. So... The US government apparently approached you and say hey we like your donuts and we want this donut to be served in one of our event and you know they are going to pay afterwards and suddenly you hear this news what would it mean is that you have already prepared your donuts you have already served your donuts and they have already eaten your donuts but you have not yet get your payment of course they say that they are just going to delay the payment but hey you will always need that money back right to keep your business running because you need to buy flour you need to buy sugar you need to buy all of the raw materials that you need to run your business but you don't have that money yet and just as soon as you thought that you're gonna get that money back the u.s government said that hey maybe we're gonna pause that and you know we're gonna delay the payment for a while now that is only as a business person who is selling donuts at a certain u.s government event now imagine if you are a big company dealing with millions of dollars kind of amount and this amount will be delayed or at some point you might even want to consider that they might actually default on this kind of debt in which you're not going to get your money that would cause tremble on the market. People are going to scramble around. They are going to scream because money is not a laughing matter. So, the question is, how much more does the US government need? Will the tax money from taxpayers not be enough? Now, first we will answer the first question. The CBO estimates that the US government would be needing around $1.9 to $2.2 trillion just to survive in the fiscal year 2023. So let's put it simply, if they want to survive throughout this year, they need around $1.9 trillion to $2.2 trillion more in their cash balance. Now let's move to the next question, taxpayers' money. Would that not be enough? The answer is yes and no. And not really. So if the Treasury's cash and extraordinary measure is sufficient to support the government up until June 15, the money that will kick in from taxpayers are only going to be able to help the government float up until the end of July this year. So we will have five more months in which the government will have no more money left to spend. How bad is bad, right? And we don't mean it in the government's perspective. Like, of course, the people are going to suffer, like you know, your programs, your healthcare programs, your social security payment, all of that are going to be halted. But let's put that aside for a while. Although I know it sounds bad to say that, but let's put that aside for a while and let's look at an investor's perspective. How bad is bad? How bad would it be for the market? Now, for the market, it is estimated that around half of the market value will be wiped out. So, for example, if you invested in an index ETF, let's say you have a current value of $1,000. After all of this fiasco happens, you might actually be left with only $500. Now, let's be more humane and dwell into a normal human's perspective. On how bad it can be so when the government fails to pay the obligations it means that civil workers will not get their payments so people will have no money to survive on let's be honest that sucks for everyone it sucks and what's next for the US government are they going to raise it or are they not going to raise it so the answer still lies within the politicians decision So right now, the Treasury Secretary, Janet Yellen, is meeting everyone and trying to persuade everyone to say yes to raising it. We're gonna work with the fierce urgency of now over the next week or two, reach an agreement, avoid any default, and continue our efforts to be there for everyday Americans. But still, politicians are politicians. There are a few arguments going here and there. And I guess as of now, we'll just have to wait and see. And I suppose that's it for our episode for today. Thank you for staying with us and thank you for listening to Money Talk Junior. If you haven't subscribed to our newsletter yet, feel free to do it. I can promise you that it's going to be fun and it's going to be educative. If you have any comments, questions or suggestions or you just want to share your experiences, please feel free to contact us and reach out to us at hello at and drop by our website or our medium page to get our insights and follow our instagram share this episode with anyone that you feel like sharing it with as usual this episode is produced by Shafika. luke is our fact checker eng is our sound engineer and i'm dean your host for today thank you for staying with us goodbye